This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Support for the Boner Planet Podcast is presented by Dead Downwind. Tinks, Shadow Hunter Blinds, Burris Optics, Dead Ringer, The Grind, Bomar Archery, Element Outdoors, Reveal Cellular Camera, HHA and HHA USA, Black Eagle Arrows, Cobra Archery, Camp Chef, Novix Outdoors, and caffeine support provided by Deer Cam Coffee. Hey everyone, welcome to Bowhunter Planet Podcast tonight. Myself, Tim Mazarana, Dave Thomas, and uh, excited tonight, man. D- Dave and I have been talking uh, all day today about talking to Corey Anderson, um, MMA fighter, bow hunter extraordinaire. Corey, how's it going, man? Going good, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. We were actually we're really excited to talk to you, man. It's uh, it's kind of cool when we get to meet different people uh, from different walks of life that love hunting, love the outdoors. And, uh, you know, we, we, um, Dave sent around earlier today, a YouTube video that was posted on you back in 2019 about hunting and, and all that. And it was just so cool to watch that video, man. And, and kind of see, um, your love of hunting in general, which is absolutely awesome. Yeah. I mean, you guys are excited about having me on. I'm excited to be here. I was talking to my wife on the porch earlier today, we're hanging out. And I'm like, you know, cause I don't do fight media anymore. I don't do any sports media anymore because the writers all try to find a way to mix your words. And I had somebody message me about doing one. I was like, nah, like, it's kind of crazy. I look forward to doing like hunting podcasts and just regular talking podcasts. When it comes to fighting, what I do as a career, I want nothing to do with it. It's I, just, I was excited to get on here to talk hunting and bows and all that stuff because I just love it. As do we, my friend, as do we. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, you know, how you got into hunting, how you, you know, your passion for it. Tell us about you. Oh, well, my name is Corey Anderson. Overtime is what they call me. Former UFC fighter, now Bellator title contender. Um, grew up in Roxton, Illinois, small town, right outside of Rockford, Illinois, probably an hour east, northeast from Chicago. Um... I've been hunting my whole life, you know, fishing and hunting was always a childhood. It was like an activity we did when we did all our chores and we're doing well in school. We didn't have sports. My father hunted rabbits and coons and stuff. His great grandfather, his grandfather who was my great grandfather. And I met him a little bit before he passed. So growing up, it was always rabbit hunting every Saturday. If it was the wintertime rabbit season and we didn't have any sports and all the stuff was done. My father owned a roofing company, so we were busy. But if we didn't have to work, we'd go load the dogs up, load the beagles up in the back of the truck, drive to Freeport, 35, 40 minutes, 
let them go on the track and hit, uh, uh, uh. Uh, they own them and we loved it, you know, <laughs> running down the track, trying to get them <laughs> shooting shotguns, you know, have my hunter safety course done when I was eight years old. So wow, I had awesome. my first shotgun at eight and it's just been hunting ever since, hunting, hunting, hunting. And we always fish in the summer. So I grew up in the outdoors because I was on the roof. I was fishing or hunting. It was always outdoors. And then when I was 12 or 13, we went to a restaurant. It was next door to his archery range. And it was called, um, I can't remember, not obsession. It's another, I can't remember the name of the range. It was a 3D course. And I always seen the targets dropping up and down, up and down. And I got my dad to like, dad, dad, look at that. Look at that. That's cool. And like, wait, they shooting bows. Like, we never shot a bow before. Let's go in there. Let's see it. And the guy told us and showed us how it worked. My dad bought a Matthews at the time and he loved it. And he took me back like a week later and got me a brownie. And I used to go down there probably, we used to go three, four times a week and just shoot, just shoot, watch those targets pop up and down, shoot, get the time. Then we bought some targets for the house and we had 7.2 acres. So, you know, we could shoot wherever, you know. Nice. And, uh, so we did that. We'd be trap shooting and we'd go out and shoot the bow. And it wasn't until I was like, 16 years old, so my sophomore year in high school, I'm in the locker room talking to somebody like, oh, I'm about to go home and shoot my bow. And they're like, wait, you bow hunt? And I go to an all-white high school. I'm the only black dude <laughs> in the locker room. They're like, wait, are you bow hunting? I'm like, no, I just shoot my bow. What you mean, hunt? Like, you can hunt with a bow? I'm like, yeah, you never you never hunt with your bow? I'm like, no. So my buddy was like, you got a tree stand? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you my mean, I'm not standing in a tree? <laughs> yeah, my dad had hunted with a bow, but I hadn't. So he let me use his tree stand, which was a climber. And yeah. Like the funniest story to this day. Uh, can't remember the brand, but I remember we going to the woods. My brother's like, all right, you see this tree? You're going to go on. You're going to go up. Well, I never practiced, so I didn't know anything about it. I hook it to the tree, and I'm trying to go up, and he walks away. And I just literally just stay right there at the bottom of the tree. <laughs> I'm probably four, two, four feet off the ground, just sitting there on my feet, touching the ground. I'm like, oh, shit, I don't think I'm going to see anything. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see anything today. <laughs> <laughs> and he came back and like yo like when it was over like why are you at the ground like why are you so low I was like i didn't know how to climb i never hunted before <laughs> that's awesome man i'll tell you dave was dave was my buddy that got me into hunting uh, and I, on my very first hunt he stuck me in the worst possible <laughs> spot ever because the property wasn't that big and he wanted to hunt the good spot well, I had to do what I got to do. I know you're just going to go out there and mess it up. So yeah, I had to protect myself. Funny how you remember that stuff, you know? Yeah, you I know, put it's... people on to the deer that's their first time. I got friends that have put you in a horrible spot and just say, oh, it just wasn't today. Yeah. A bunch of deer, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Selfish hunters. That's it, man. That's it. <laughs> this know, was on public it. land. Get out of here, Tim. It wouldn't matter where you sit. You have no idea what's going to walk through. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, but I do. Brian have... shot one the next morning. Yeah, and... that's all pre-set up stands. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like we had no pre-set. Mm-hmm. We it, it was public land. We had nowhere to put them, so we're like, hey, just sit here. It's close to the trail. And Casey got lost or messed around or threw up all morning, which he did the one time. Then acting like it was a deer call. <laughs> Remember that guy came up to you. <laughs> That was uh that was a very rough morning for sure. Yeah, rough that was morning. funny. But anyhow, but your story about the climber, I was hunting with a friend one time and I was trying to film for him and I had this climber and I was going up a tree and I'm going up the tree and every like three feet up I go, I literally slide down like a foot. So I go up three, slide down a foot, go up three, and it would just keep sliding because it wasn't like gripping the teeth. And I'll never forget, like I thought I was gonna die. Like I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> like, once I learned how to use a climber, I've had a few cheap climbers before i got into the mma and had money i would just get some cheap ones i'll go over you the ones that start sliding down while you sit in yeah. them 
All of a sudden, Barely. the bottom give you see the tree, and the bottom is like this. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm so you start bear fall. hugging the tree. Yeah, Don't I had one. Fall. I actually had one. I was in a blizzard. It was a cheap stand I got from Dick's, like 90 bucks. I've had it for like a couple of years. I'm up 18 feet up. I'm in the blizzard. I'm hunting the whole time. I see deer. As it get dark, like, all right, I'm going to get down. Remember, it's a blizzard. It's freezing cold. So a little cheap pins, I guess, froze. I stand <laughs> up and turn around, and the pin that has a strap hook snaps and the whole oh. just drops off my knee and I catch myself. Oh my god. And I'm gosh. behind my friend's house. So I like do a dip and just sit there. And I go to call him and he's at the gym. I call oh my wife, she, oh, my girl at the time. She don't know what to do. She got a car. She can't bring a ladder. So I'm sitting out behind this dude's house in the dark, in the blizzard. <laughs> I drop my glove. My hands are freezing for like three hours just balancing on the rail. Waiting for somebody to come and start flashing my light. Oh, <laughs> come get me. Oh. Now, 18 like, feet for you, though, if you were to hang by your hands, you'd only be like two feet off the ground, right? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I ain't that tall. Anyway, <laughs> it's cold. You still break a leg. I wasn't taking a chance. <laughs> so, Take a chance. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So what was your first, uh, what was your first successful bow hunt? I was 22, and it was a 10-point buck. Wow. So, wow. Yeah. Holy cow. 300 and some pounds. Southern state. Illinois bucks? Yep, Illinois. And that's how you – Great state. Boy, you right there. And I didn't top that until two years ago when I went to Saskatchewan and shot an 11-pointer. But other wow. than that, oh. like I've shot, but shot, shot bucks, but they just weren't that big. That body on this one was just – he was an old, just a thick – mainframe remember when i dropped him off at the butcher shop and the guy was like i haven't seen a deer this big in years where did you get this guy? <laughs> like this little three acre spot somebody told me i could hunt i knew the guy he didn't hunt had a bean field and trees like, you can go ahead and hunt it and i sat there many days and one day it was raining it was going to get down i heard ch -ch -ch -ch. and i turned i pulled my bow back up and the deer just come out and stop right in front of me 20 20 yards nice. across smoke that's awesome, awesome. How was Saskatchewan? Cold. Is it awesome though? <laughs> oh yeah, it was great. I, I hear so many good things the, about it. I pulled into the campsite and it was just big bucks just jumping over the road, running really? through the car. It was crazy. And like the deer there make our shooters, like our shooters there are like their babies. Like yeah. I sent him a picture of the guy I don't want, like, yo, crazy. can I shoot this? Like, do not shoot that baby. <laughs> well, that's how we feel. That's how we feel. He's put the word Michigan. baby in there, too. I guarantee yeah. it. Like, don't shoot that belly. What do you mean? He's like, just wait until you see the one I put you after. And when no, they come, it looked like a horse. I got the episode I got the episode on my YouTube channel. Like, some of the ones that just come walking out look like, oh, I will shoot that. And they were like, you better not shoot that. And the one that came out and I shot it, it looked like a dang horse. Like, oh. It makes sense. <laughs> that's so that funny, one. man. Well, it, 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 is, it is kind of funny how it works, though, because... We, we, you know, our mentality in Michigan's a little bit different than hunting even the big bucks that you have down in Illinois. We got a couple guys that go down there and hunt every year, and they'll be sending us pictures of these Boxes. massive bucks, right? Like ridiculous. Beautiful deer. 160s, 170s, which for us in Michigan, those are lifetime bucks, man. Like yeah. you don't see them up here in Michigan. And down there, they're just like, nah, we're, there's a, there's like a 185, you know, running around. We're going to wait for that one. I'm like, are you serious? Like I'd be done on day one if I sat there. So yeah. it is kind of it is kind of interesting the different areas that you go to and the different size bucks and quality bucks that you get for sure. Yeah, that's like my wife's family. My wife is the Quisto, Cody and Andre the Quisto, and 
to talk to those guys. They're like, oh yeah. I shot at 190. I saw 190, but it wasn't what I wanted. I was looking at the head like, are you are you kidding me? <laughs> like, oh, you passed a 190 because it's not what you wanted? Like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Y'all is crazy. Y'all is ridiculous. Like, Nuts. <laughs> watching their videos, and I'm like, oh, it's a huge buck. But I let them go. Like, you guys are crazy. Put me in your stand. Let me get it. <laughs> I love it. So were you able to get out and about much last year with the whole COVID thing and everything? Oh, I find it, I find it every day. Awesome. Fall, awesome. November... I hunted all the way up into my fight. So August 29th, like right before Halloween, I think was my last hunt. And then I fought November 6th, I believe. And I was in the stand the 7th, all the way to the season ended. So, That's awesome. Wow. Missed the one day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's a few days I miss with my kids, my wife and the kid. But for the most part, if I ain't have nothing going on, my coaches know after a fight, I'm going on a hunting trip regardless. And in the wintertime, I even said it after my fight, like, don't call me because hunting season has started. Call me in February when it's over. And they literally called me the day season. And they're like, we got a fight for you. Like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> let's start it up. That's awesome. Yep. Man. That's the one thing about the outdoors though, man, is like, that. that's what I love about it. That's what really got me hooked on it is being able to get out and decompress right from life and all the stresses and everything that you got going on with life. And you're sitting there out in the woods tree stand ground blind whatever you're hunting and you just get to sit there and watch and listen and learn and just decompress from everything else that's going on because you got nothing to do but try to beat that animal that that you're going for right mm -hmm. it's awesome man like i was telling dave when we got on here when i got on i just ran in the house and shooting my bow but i was dead like i just shot my bow it's a great day now you know that's <laughs> after training and run chasing kids and whatever it is I love to finish my day and shoot my bow. Like at the end of the awesome. day, before the kids go to bed, tell my wife, I'm going to go shoot like three, four rounds. I got a 65-yard range in the yard. Take my five arrows out, shoot three, four times. I come back in. I'm released. Now I can awesome. spend the rest of the night with the family, put them to bed, and I'm good. I think uh, I just want to say, Corey, it's really important, and I think it's, it's, a, it's an inspiration to watch you with the archery thing because, you know, it's, it's so important for – people like yourself who are famous in different areas to really help promote archery. And, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we don't see a lot is there'll be some major people that are archers that don't really promote that. Like I've heard Kevin Costner was a, an archer or a hunter, like but they don't talk about it. They're scared to talk about it. They don't like that stigma, I guess. And I don't know why. And it's like, you, you need people like yourself that are, that are at a different level to come in and say, Hey, yeah, archery is fun. You should learn archery, pick up archery. So it's just so exciting to me and, and such inspiration. So thank you for that. I think if it's people like you that are going to help this industry grow, honestly, it's, it's really, really important. You ain't got to thank me. Like I tell everybody, I'm not famous. I'm just well-known. I'm a regular guy. And most guys like that, mm. Kevin Costner knows, I deal with the things they try to stay away from. They don't want the backlash of their fans, the people that pay them have yeah. a problem. And I've always said, like, I made a post Sunday, like, I walk my own walk, I talk my own talk. I'm not here to fit in. I'm meant to be different. Yep. You know, me walking back and pulling my arrows at a target. It's just, I don't care what people think. Like, I've always been the type. I've never bitten my tongue. Yeah. I don't care what it is. That was a problem I had when I was in the UFC with the owners and everything. I just couldn't bite my tongue. You did something or said something I didn't agree with. I tell you, and I tell you how I feel. I post a picture of me and my dad went bear hunting. I lost probably 5,000 followers overnight. Wow. Guess what? The next day I posted another picture of a team of bear. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so you might as well keep on unfollowing. Yeah. I'm going to share what I want to share. I'm not doing yeah. it to fit in. 
I don't care about the following. The following stuff is nice. It's great when yeah. you're getting brands to sponsor because they love to see how many people I can influence and reach out to. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not gonna hide who I am. Yeah. To portray yeah. some stigma to be a fake person to get paid for. Cause that's not me. I want you to pay me for being me. Don't yeah. pay me for being the person you want me to be. So if you don't like what I'm doing, it's somebody else that I'm sure that has followed your script, but I'm not the one. Yeah, that's it, awesome. Man. You got to be true to yourself for sure. Let's let's talk about gear. So, what's your gear setup look like right now? I'm shooting the PSE. I got the PSE Evil 34. Uh, I got the Vapor Trail uh, Gen 7X. I'm shooting a Cobra Harvester release. I'm gonna hunt with these arrows called Killing Sticks. I used them at the end of the season last year and smacked the deer in the shoulder like dead in the big part. So just to see what would happen, it blew all the way through, no problem. Wow. Awesome. Even with a mechanical broadhead, and I've had two other arrows earlier in the year. I shot them in the shoulder. One, the arrow hit and bounced off, and the other one hit and just barely even penetrated. So I'm going to try these killing sticks next year, more throughout the whole year. Uh, I rock all Maven optics. I got the B3s. I got the new RF1s rangefinder. Uh, camo, I usually use Badlands, but like I said, with my family being the DeQuistos, talking to Cody, paying attention to what they do at the end of the season to stay light. I just got like some thermal pants, like the brown or green color pants or like a thermal shirt and a different color. Whatever tree, I'm kind of trees I'm hunting in, brown, tan, whatever it is with a big flannel jacket, stuff like that. Uh, let's see, what else? I'm rocking Irish, Irish Setters Vapor Trail. Early yep. season boots, or the uh, I just got a new pair of mud boots, uh, rubber boots that I'll try out as well this season. I'm trying to think, what else? How about broadheads? Broadheads, like I usually shoot the rages, but like I, I don't know, I keep trying to, like from one of the last episodes I did on my YouTube is a broadhead test. I did four different fixed broadheads to see which one fly the best, because you know as a hunter, they all say, oh they fly truth right in the package, but they never do. Yeah, you never yeah. find one that flies. <laughs> and I've lost some deer because of that. Like, oh, yeah. I shoot one on the target. Oh, I shot good at 20. And I forget to go back to 40 or 50. And I shoot at 32. And it goes way left field. And yeah. it's like, what the, What just happened? Yeah. What the so, hell's going on here? I shot yeah. um the Muzzy 1. Um, I go through tons of different broadheads, too, by the way. I use, I literally use different broadheads for every hunt. But I, I, I shot the Muzzy 1 last year on a doe at the end of the year with a crossbow and 46 yards smoked her it was like literally dead stream i was like wow that was awesome right and then this year i flipped over i shot a mechanical um i had a, i think it was like a rage at the beginning of the year or this past year sorry and i had hit a deer in a weird spot and the arrow did something really funky and it went in like because you were talking about shoulders i think i hit it like a little bit high and it, it, it went in like literally i don't know tim what would you say like we were talking about this like six inches, the whole area. Yeah, maybe if that. It was very strange, very strange situation. So after that, I switched back to the one because I was like, you know, maybe I just need a fixed head. I don't know what what the hell happened there. So I used the Muzzy One again out of a different bow rig because I was I switched over to the I think it was the Bowtech um, Revolt, and I had a deer come in at forty two yards, and I it was a clean shot though. So but it flew true as true gets for a fixed head, and I'm usually a big mechanical guy, so I was impressed that it actually did well at you know that distance it was fun it was cool to see it i was always a fixed head guy like growing up my dad only shot fixed heads and we shot the montex g5 montex since we started bow hunting that was it until what was it like 2018 thanksgiving morning i go out i'm in the blind um 
big old six pointer come out. Like the dragons are so tall, I wasn't gonna pass, you know. I'm yeah. in Jersey while I'm training, so I can get three different books and three different nice. times. Like I'm gonna That's shoot cool. one. You know, I got several coming. And I literally hit him right behind the shoulder. And I wish I was filming at the time. Now I film all my hunts. By the time I didn't, but I know I hit him dead behind the shoulder. I watched it sink in, but it didn't go out the other side. It dug into his shoulder. And I'm thinking, oh, that deer is dead. And like he jumps, he takes off the top of his hill and he stops and he just starts like moping. Like he's gripping, like he's trying to fall. So, you know, I stopped watching. Like he's going to be dead up there soon. Putting my stuff away. I go to look and he's no longer up there. Like, oh, where man. Where'd he go? So, you know, I waited an hour before I go to the case. I go check. I find like a little blood spot and it stopped. And then we walk this property. It's not a small or a big property because Jersey's really no, well, not time, big public no land, yeah. farm. So it was like right. more suburban hunting. And uh, so we go, I got a guy who got a dog. We go, we find a deer, he jumped. And then we never find a deer again. And then two weeks later, the guy that helped me track, he hunts across the street. He finds his deer that he shot and near it, he finds my deer, which is like three miles down the road, he said, with the arrow. Like he said, it went right through the heart, you know, stuck in the shoulder, but he made it way down here. Wow. wow. He like, you got to get a mechanical, man. That's going to open up and cut him open through the way. And then I went one season, I went like eight for eight with mechanicals the next season. Yeah. Man, I love these things. Your soul. Yeah. Soul. <laughs> At the extreme rages with the fixed head and the mechanical that opened up. And then the next year, I started having problems again. It's just like, now, yeah. I don't know what to do. You know, I feel like no matter what arrow you shoot, you're going to have some problem. You're either not going to get a good blood trip or it's going to bounce off that shoulder. Well, I think it's important to switch it up every once in a while, too, just to keep the uh, keep it fun, number one, but also to keep the confidence up, right? I mean, when yeah. you start having mm -hmm. issues like that, you end up losing confidence in yourself as much as you lose confidence in the equipment right and, yeah. and so it's yeah. it, it it was switching it up i think definitely helps man i think the only thing that keeps me from switching up as often as i would like to is the fact you gotta always retune you know yeah, yeah. you gotta move the rest you gotta change the site you gotta change the site tape if it might be 100 grain but it just don't fly like the other 100 grains now i gotta get new site tape and it's just with me being i'm training two to three times a day i gotta make sure i spend time with my kids like I said, I got a bow shop in the basement. I got this place outside I can shoot. I can shoot in the basement. But at the end of the day, that's just a lot of work. I love doing it. But when it's all No, over, it takes time, done, for sure. Yeah, I'm just like, I really don't feel like going downstairs and working right now. I just want to relax, watch Netflix or something. I love so I kind of, Netflix and yeah, chill. You know, I'll chill. sit for one as long chill. as I can. <laughs> so, man, what, what, is, what is your draw length? 31 and a half. It was okay. 32 so you're or on the top end? In the bow. I'm gonna show you this broadhead real quick. Hold on, I'm gonna share my screen. Is it working? Oh you yeah, see, the crown, man. You see the crown? Yeah, I see it. What the heck is that? Yeah, so this it's thing, like a Christmas tree on a on a broadhead. It's amazing. yeah, it's insane. So, Thorn, uh, who makes this broadhead, it 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 literally. So for 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 a fixed head, is it changing pictures when I do this? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure you see this screen. Uh, it has different size blades. And so what happens is when it hits the target, it actually cores a hole through it, which is literally insane. And so like when we talk about the, the, the broadhead mechanical opening and the guy saying to you, you know, you need a mechanical to open and all that, this one actually is just as good because it actually bores a hole that actually cannot be closed. So you get almost like a bullet uh, scenario, like almost like a hollow point where it hits the mushrooms and like, you know, creates a gap. This thing created a gap. And I only know that because we tested on ballistics gel. 
and it actually corded like that and i'll see if i can find that video in a second but it was literally insane it's pretty sick the way this thing looks yeah man. it's so that was single bevel or double bevel um, the blades and those single i think yeah they're only yeah i'm pretty sure they're single it's kind of it's kind of cool it goes together because it's in it's in layers you got one blade then you got this little ball bearing that sits on top then you got another blade another ball bearing another blade another ball bearing and another blade so they all kind of like move around a little bit Mm -hmm. they're not like they're not going to break off when you hit it but in the video what was really cool is when we shoot it they the way that they have the um the the blades and kind of like a helix pattern Yep. It actually, it actually spins your arrow along with the fletching and it actually shoots darn straight, man. It was really cool. Yeah. So this hole is like crazy. Yeah, like, cause when you look pretty. at it, it like doesn't, then this hole looks so much different than if you were to shoot like a normal mechanical, yeah. that hole is like literally jacked. I mean, it is going to be, there's so many cuts in there. It's, it's like bigger than a 45 insane. cal. You know? It looks like a, a literal bullet going yeah. through, ripping in. Rip up the intestines on the way through. Yeah, this would be devastating to a deer, honestly. It would be devastating. So everywhere you see that, where it like air, those air bubbles in there, it is literally a core, which is weird when you think about it. But you got to remember, it's going to be spinning, you know, when it hits the animal. So it's going to mm-hmm. keep spinning through. So it's going to create that like where it grinds it all together. Yeah, it's messed up. But this is just one cool head. I mean, there's so many great heads out there. There are. But this that's the problem, right? There's too many like, yeah, to choose one. from. You can't buy them all. <laughs> yeah. I literally go to the bow shop when I ain't got nothing going on. And just ask them, what broadheads you got in? Well, we got the Ram cats, we got these. And yeah. I'll buy like eight or nine of them at a time. Just so 45 yeah. bucks a pop, you know, I'm spending a couple hundred. Yeah, no doubt. Get some broadheads. And then half time, I don't even get to shoot them all. You know? Yeah. One, and then you, they, oh, then you gotta then you gotta find a place to put them so your wife doesn't see them and know that you bought ten of them. You know? <laughs> I get your I get it, man. It's tough. My wife <laughs> understands the addiction. She grew up in it, so she don't like it, <laughs> but she understands. I love it. I so love Corey, it. um, what did you shoot before PSE? Um, I had shot a Matthews. Matthew sent me the Halen thirty two in two thousand seventeen, and I cool. shot that for like a year. And I went to a trade show, and the guy. Austin, I can't remember his last name, Austin Van something. But uh, from PSC, was, he was a rep, and he, I'm walking around, I hear somebody calling my name, I'm looking like it's crowded, so I don't know. And this guy called me, grab him, like, Corey, I see you shoot your Matthews every day. What would it take to get PSC to have you shoot That's our awesome. And you do the same thing. I'm like, I don't know what PSC want with me. Like, all you do is post, like, you post, like, you with your Matthews, and we would That's give awesome. you, well, at first, like, we'll give you a deal, 50%. And I was like, well, I love my bow now. Why would I? Yeah, yeah. go to go pay for a bow, right? Like, okay, but then he, I met him the next day, and ever since now, I've met Pete Shepley and had cool. me come out to the factory. And it's like, whatever I need, anytime I call him, and that's cool. Take care of me. I was just talking about you actually. I was talking to you with Mike Looper from Knock On, okay? I was, I was at uh, we were at the um, Total Archer oh, Challenge oh. in Michigan. Yeah, he said you were you were at the one that he was just at, um, yeah. Couple Pennsylvania, or yeah, Pennsylvania, I think it was. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was they shoot PSC, so I was like talking about the PSC thing. I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Yeah. No, so we was, just the first one. I love the Total Archer Challenge. Can't wait for next year. Which uh, PSC model is it? I have the Evo. Evo. Sorry, the Evo. Yeah, you said that. Sorry, my bad. The um, we just shot the. We just did a video on. Uh, they sent us the Expedite NXT. Mm-hmm. And dude, that thing, I don't know about the ebooks. I haven't shot that one yet this year, but that X, that XT one, whatever, or 
expedite is so fast yeah and so smooth i couldn't believe it and i you know i was actually sent them an email the other day about it because i'm like dude you guys crushed this bow um yeah, uh, i had a amazing partner show like i was doing a hunting show called rising ground outdoors last year and pac is one of our sponsors and they my partner he loves fast bows you know small brace height fast bow that's all he wanted so he got the first expedite that was a 2019 then they sent him the new one at the beginning of this year and thank you bro this bow is crazy fast and it's so smooth like they usually say bows this fast shooting was it 369 or something like that yeah. you can't tune it but it's like bro he's the only thing is sometimes the fletchings hit the rest so that's how we got hooked up with um a vapor trail you know i had oh, a I got drop limb limb driven and vapor trail reached out to me it's like I can promise you this, it'll drop by the way every time. And ever since I've been hooked on a limb driven rest now. That's cool. Love it, man. Yeah. So that, that, that show was pretty cool though. Um, see that show is so good because like, you know, we're Tim and I were there and we were just talking about how, like, there's so many great brands there, you know, and you can like, like Kuyu's there, Sika's there and uh, you know, Yeti. And it's just so nice to like go around. And especially if you're like, if you're a consumer and you're, you're looking for clothing, cause there's so many options, you know, you can go up and actually touch them and test them. The Kuyu guy showed us, he took some jacket and throw a whole bottle of water on it. Just literally fell right off. It was so cool. Yeah. I only checked out the uh, saddles. That was my oh, the saddle. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I don't know. I hear people talk about saddles so much. Like, is it that big of, a difference and i've been telling my wife like i really want to try a saddle she's like then try one so yeah. there i went and tried um what was it tethered my buddy okay, Bo, yeah. he uh worked well he was with tethered and he sent me over there and hooked me up and man i like yo this thing is so comfortable like i can literally just wow. sit here and i've never used one leg, my biggest problem is when i'm in a tree stand i'm so my legs are so long and i used the uh lone wolf custom gear the 1.0 so mm-hmm. the platform isn't that huge yeah. I got to keep my knees bent. And if I'm sitting for a long time, my knees start to hurt. So when I get yeah. down and go to training, like I'm limping. It's, but in that saddle, it's like you can change the length of your legs from using the, the little draw, the hoist or whatever. So I called Cody. As soon as I got down, like, yo, I want a saddle. Send me the ambush. Like, I got you, bro. We have one sent to you right away. So Awesome. Yeah. Now, what was interesting to me, and I know this is like completely weird for me to say, but <laughs> I always imagined it would be hard to relieve yourself. You know, when you're out sitting in one of those saddles, <laughs> oh, probably not. It's actually easier to really, it's easier to do everything like filming. I have my camera guy. Wow. He got up there with his camera. He was like, Bro. You just swing like, around? Yeah. Cause like All when right. he's in the tree stand, sitting the opposite way behind me, and a deer come, I have to like reach up and like touch the leg. And he, you hear sometimes if it's snowing or whatever, he got a heavy jacket on, you hear it move against the tree or the camera bag. He going, he got turned and get to his camera bag or go between his legs. As for the saddle, he like simulated everything. It was just like, so the camera bag hanging on the tree, I just like lean this way, open it, go in. The deer come this way, this way. If they come behind me, they show you how you can turn around and stand up against the tree. And it's like, it was effortless. And That's I was awesome, like, I'm man. just gonna give it a try. You know, how many, how many pounds you pulling, Corey? Uh, 73. Bow. I got the 80 pound bow, but there's no point in shooting 80 pounds. Yeah. Like, right now I'm shooting every day. I'm not gonna draw 80 pounds. Yeah, 30 times in a session, so I just do 73. I might go up when hunting season comes around just because I only need one shot. But. Yeah, I shoot 60, so I don't know. I, I don't I don't usually even be at 70, but I don't take long shots either. So I'll use ours, usually 20 yards pop shots. Yeah, I don't generally. like shooting further than 35 when it comes to a deer. 
Yeah. Yeah. As far as your, uh, your workout regimen, how does that work? Do you, is it like every day or a couple times a day? Like, how does that work? Two to three times a day, every day, but Sunday, Sunday oh. is the rest day. You know, I wake up, I go to church. I usually I wake up and go do like some land management stuff, like setting up some stands, checking cameras, putting nice. on mineral, training my dog. What I got a tracking dog. I go train her, whatever it is, go to church, come home, relax with the family, shoot the bow, ice bath, relax. I'm going to do it again. Monday, back to the six hard days. Wow. Is it, is it hard physically to, to do it still? Or you, do you feel really good right now? Spring, it was, you never really feel good. You get punched <laughs> in the face. You get slammed. <laughs> Somebody trying to break your elbow, shoulder, knee. You always hurting. But for the most part, I'm, I see like the guys around me is older, like Frank Yeager and those guys are legends of champs and the way their bodies are starting to hurt. So compared to them, I feel great. Yeah. But compared to the 20 year old kid that just come in, I feel like the old man to him. But <laughs> yeah, you know, I still get up every morning at 7 30 when the alarm goes off, ready to go. I'm hop out to bed, excited to start today. So it hasn't hit me yet to where it feels like, oh, it's a chore, it's a job. You know, I still love it. So I wake up every day excited to learn something new. Well, That's I know cool. your 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 nickname is overtime. And okay. I mean that just tells me the work ethic that you have, man. So you yeah, do so the you, right things for sure. So one of your big things I was reading about was wrestling like you started as a wrestler when you're younger and that helped you today like still with this job then i'm assuming oh 100 um i left the ufc i still hold the record in the ufc for most takedowns at 205 the most takedowns in a fight the i was what second for takedown percentage and takedown defense percentage and stuff like that that's wow. so that wrestling background that's just yeah that was, you know before. so when when you're younger and you wrestled, did you, did you were you winning all the time or how, how did that go? Yeah, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't win. I wrestled since third grade and I didn't win my first match. I was a sophomore in high school. Wow. Now, were you always like the tallest kid in class? Six three? He ain't that tall. I mean, I'm six I was foot. One of the bigger kids, but yeah. there was a couple of taller kids, like some basketball players, was always taller yeah. than in my class. But you got yeah, to meet any uh, NBA players? Huh? You got to meet any NBA players? Um, Fred Van Fleet is actually from my town. Oh, cool. He's like the next town over. He was uh, in our conference. So That's we've cool. done a few. We did a, uh, a motivational speaking gig together. And then he helped me give away things when I go back and do like fundraisers, meet and greets and sell jerseys or whatever. He sent a jersey and autograph so we can raise money. That's and awesome. Donate it to this veteran I just watched this thing. I think you'll like it. It's actually on Netflix. You might have already seen it. It's called The Human Body. And it, actually, the very first thing, the very first thing they talk about is like boxing and fighting and the, the, how your brain has to do so many actions so fast because, you know, when someone's trying to hit you, you got to, you got to, but not only do you have to like decide to block, but your brain has to decide the next move. Like, am I going to go? Am I going to go? Am I not? And it, it, but it learns from itself. It's unbelievable what they show. Like it, after all the repetitiveness of, of your boxing and testing and all that you're doing all the time, it actually keeps learning and learning and learning. And it helps you later to have the same strike patterns and things like that. It was really interesting. I, I think you'd love it. <laughs> it's I really good. From exists from uh, experiences. It happens fast. Yeah. Like when you get knocked out. It's like, yeah. I've been knocked out four times in my career and it's, you're there. You're there in the fight. You're in the middle of the fight. You're punching. You're seeing everything. And the next thing you know, you wake up. It's like, what wow. the hell happened? And I remember, it was like, they were like, you know where you are? I'm like, yeah, I was just fighting. Like, obviously, if you in here, I must have got knocked out. I was like, yeah. 
But I could have thought I was just hitting him. Like, what the hell happened? It's just in the blink of an eye, it's the one you don't see is literally you a blink and you're out. Yeah. So it's like always the main thing they say is keep your eyes on because the punches you don't see, once Those you blink, that's when you go out. So can you kick in that one? Huh? Can you kick in using, yeah. like, can you kick? So yeah. that one scares me like kick, And, you know, that was probably my, my worst knockout that I had was a head kick. And that's actually how I got super addicted into hunting, to be honest. Um, like, I was always hunting, but I went hard after this because my coaches wouldn't let me back into the gym. It was, like, such a bad knockout. Uh, like, they were scared. Like, took a head kick and was out for some minutes. Like, it wasn't like I got wow. knocked and I came back up. I was out for a while. Like, they thought I was... People was like, this wow. guy did the way I was laid there. When I came back, I went to the gym the next day, and the coach was like, no. <laughs> Take some time like, off. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to see you. This was October 2017. Like, we don't want to see you until the new year, at least. Like, wow. don't come to the gym. And like I said, it was October hunting season. And that's when Matthew sent me to Bo. I live, like, public land right behind my house. I went and got that cheap stand. I was like, you know what? We're just going to. Go out here, just burn some steam. It was my first time hunting in New Jersey. I'm just gonna sit here. The next day I woke up, did the same thing. Next day, it just came to habit. Like that was the only thing I could do to keep me out of the yeah. gym. Sitting in the tree stand every day. And when the season was over with and I went back to the gym, I forgot I had been knocked out. I had forgot about all the, the yeah. stuff that was going on prior. And I realized then, like, this is it. That's my escape. Like I have to be in the woods in that tree stand, and that's what makes me realize. Nothing else really matters, you know. It's it's life. You go through yeah. it, but eventually you're gonna forget, and people are gonna forget. So just keep living your life. And ever since then, I've scouted, hunted, or shot my bow literally every day. I have to do one of them every day, or that's it's awesome. like I don't feel like I live my day. Awesome. Yeah, that's so, great. Corey, what do you have going on this year, man? How can we follow you? What are you doing? You got any big fights coming up? You got any big hunts planned? Well, in Bellator right now, I'm in this. Bellator Grand Prix, which is a tournament, eight-man tournament. It's the biggest 205 tournament, which is my weight class, 205 light heavyweight tournament ever. So we got eight of the best fighters in the world. We in this tournament and you fight down to one. And the person who wins is going to be the champion of the organization. So right now we're in the semifinals. I won the first round in April. I'll fight Ryan Bader, who is a heavyweight champion as well. Was a 205 champ, lost last year. He's trying to get his belt back. I'll fight him. We don't know the date yet. It was supposed to be July. Then it was August. Now I heard September, but no date. Other than that, with the tournament going on, which is why I stopped doing the hunting show I had with a partner, it was like, I need to focus on this tournament. It's a million-dollar tournament, and you're the wow. you win. You get a million-dollar life-changing, plus the money you make, and you'll be the belt, the champion. I told him, I need to focus on this and my family. That's it. So... I didn't get any tags. I would like to do Saskatchewan, but Canada still has the border yeah. blocked with COVID. So other than that, I did a Texas hunt a couple weeks ago with some veterans for exotics. But other than that, everything is going to be on the fly. Like after a fight, I'm done with the fight. In the first two weeks of the fight, I'm going to book something. If I can go somewhere, get an over-the-counter tag for like an elk or a mule deer or something like that, I'm going to do it. But other than that, there's no plans for hunting. I'm just shooting my bow every day, staying ready, staying consistent. And if the opportunity comes, I'll have the confidence to just go get a tag and I can put something down. I love it. But other man. than that, I'm just trying to push my own YouTube channel, doing the solo thing on YouTube, product reviews, hunts, whatever it is. 
it's hard, like I said, with all the schedule of what I'm going to do for hunts, it's hard to make sure I'm going to have content, but I have hunts from last year. I have the veteran hunt. I did two episodes from that made from a couple weeks ago and a lot of different product reviews and this and that, bow bills, arrow bills, broadhead tests, trail camera reviews, feeders and different stuff. So just every week I try to get something out every Sunday. Just How can people find that, man? What is it just under your name on YouTube or what's the um, channel name? Outdoors with Overtime, you know. All right. Name, so we'll link it, it below. Yeah, it started off just, you know, just wanted to film some stuff, just practicing with a camera. But then it came, I want them to see me in a different light. Like I said, I don't do the fight media no more, but I love doing hunting media and stuff like that. Fighting can only last so long, but fight or hunting, I can do a lifetime. You yeah, know? That's right. Want, this is who I am. I am a hunter. My mindset is a hunter. I fight as a hunter and everything I do. I want you to know it's more to me than fighting. So come spend some time in the outdoors with overtime. And that's how it started. So I love it, man. Well, we appreciate awesome. you, man. We appreciate yes, you being you. on. It is awesome. Again. I mean, it's great to have you on just to show your love for the outdoors and talk about archery a little bit and show that side of you, man. It's great. Major Thank inspiration, man. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. You guys for having me. Thank you very much. Yeah. We'll check back in with you in the fall. See how it goes. And hopefully you, you win this one. Win it for us, baby. Yeah, yeah man. The bow hunters. That's right. Love it. All right. Well, thanks, Corey. Thank you. We'll see you, man. Take care. Bye-bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.